Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah Nationals, the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. If you build it, he will It's the City on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports on site here at Sayre and National. It's going to be a gorgeous day today. Highs in the mid to upper 60s. Not a ton of wind in the forecast for today. So I imagine this place will be packed. And also, it's a perfect twofer out here at Sayre National today. Come play golf this afternoon when you get done. Creep on in here to the sports bar where we're at for the Monday night football game, the final wild card game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks. So a perfect day to come out and enjoy everything that Sayre National has to offer from the golf course to the sports bar to the big TVs where you can hang out and watch the Monday night football game here in the wild card round between the Cowboys and the Bucks. Saturday is a good place to be here. Saturday scrambles kicked off a couple of weeks ago. The second one was on this Saturday. One guy was a repeat winner. Two for two, but it wasn't the secret weapon. Oh. Secret weapon was not able to go two for two. Hunter was, though. Hunter Hines. Heath Martin. Oh, Heath got up. Got away from electricity for a little bit and came and played (laughs) golf. Billy Argenbright and Jeffrey Frame, four under. Was their score? It was pretty windy Saturday afternoon. A little breezy, wasn't it? <clears throat> but it was a it was a good crowd. And when we you know, got back from the Clinton League, about I don't know two thirty, two forty five, I could see. I think at least five groups were out and about during the the, the Saturday scramble. Yeah. So those are the winners for week two. Week three, eh, sketchy. <laughs> Forecast doesn't look great for Saturday. So maybe what is it? I, I didn't look that far ahead. Chance of snow. Oh, yeah. No. Cold. Yeah. May not be the best day coming up this Saturday. But then you've also got uh, – we'll have more playoff football. So if you can't enjoy the golf course, that's the beauty of, of where we're setting right exactly. now. Exactly. Come in, awesome TVs, watch some playoff football, and enjoy the rest of everything that Sarah National has to offer you. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. 50% chance of rain, low of 32, high of 42. Doesn't sound like the nicest of days. So Not really. Check the Facebook page if you're thinking about the Saturday scramble coming up at Sarah this Saturday to see if it is indeed on or not because they'll let you know. Um, well, I mean, just come on out here, and if it's not on, then yeah, well, that's true. Just hang out. Hang out. I'm sure there'll be some uh, college hoops ahead of the uh, of the football. Football probably about bet there are three thirty games. 
they've announced them. It, it's about two o'clock, I think. That's the championship game. Are you sure? AFC champ, yeah. NFC at two, AFC at five thirty. Okay. They don't know yet, Jared. They haven't announced because they got to wait to see who's playing, TV wise. Right. For this next the upcoming week, because I they're. I swear, I saw something that said they did. They announced the AFC and NFC title game times. Okay. Two o'clock for NFC, five thirty for the AFC, whatever the teams are. But for this week. They're going to wait and see what the matchups are. That way they can get the best of the TV. Are you sure, man? That's off NFL's Twitter. Oh, that just happened. I saw that. Must have been after. I saw this morning. Cincinnati game. Yeah, Yeah. after the Cincinnati game. It was this morning I saw that and was getting around. Not surprising the last game will be Dallas or Tampa in San Francisco. So read off the times there. So it's 3.30, sure enough. That's what we figured. 3.30, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Not surprising there at all. You know why? Why the least interesting game? Yeah. That Saturday afternoon always gets the least interesting game. We'll talk about the playoffs coming up. The the AFC playoffs almost got awful. Awfully boring (laughs) with some results over the weekend. Almost. Kansas City almost won the whole dang thing yesterday. Thank goodness. Without playing. Listen, just for for my viewing uh, uh, enjoyment, thank you, Tyler Huntley. Because if it would have been Kansas City and Baltimore and then the Jags and, and Buffalo, the AFC, the, the Jags and, or the, the Bills and Kansas City might as well just got to skip the week and move right on to, to next week. Yeah, so Philly and Giants, last game on Saturday night, 7-15. I'm a little surprised Bills-Cincinnati gets the Sunday afternoon. But that's when people are used to watching NFL football, so that kind of makes sense. Two o'clock there, yeah, our time, and then five thirty. So that's going to be the same times for next week as well. Uh, after the, for the the championship game weeks, so it's going to be that two o'clock and five thirty uh, for whoever makes it. NFC first, AFC second, and then the, whoever wins tonight will play San Francisco at five thirty next uh, Sunday. There you go. So that's the schedule. So, so your weekend is set. Yeah, so what you're saying is come out here to Sarah National, get primed up for a 1 o'clock start for the Saturday scramble. If that doesn't happen, then you probably have to watch just a little bit of college hoops before the the pregame shows get ready to go AFC-wise with the Jags and the Chiefs. Dakota probably needs somebody to sit with him and watch, kind of hold his hand through it. You think he's worried at all? (laughs) No. I don't think he's worried. About Trevor Lawrence. No. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Two, two, I tell you what, Jacksonville won't be worried if they get down 27 nothing. But, but here's the deal. Kansas City is a much different animal than on the road than uh, hosting the Chargers, right? Man, the Chargers. We'll get to the Chargers. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, somebody needs to build a graphic of the choke jobs that the Chargers have done through the years. Probably the reason why it isn't on Twitter is because it's more than 280 characters long with all the choking that the Chargers have done, oh, including man. on Saturday night. I feel for my brother-in-law. Man. We were texting back and forth early in that game, and then the texting stopped. Ugh. Have we done a welfare check? Uh, <laughs> I, we might need to. Uh, but I'm w- sure he's fine. I mean, my question is, at what point do you just start expecting it to happen? Well, if you're a Dallas fan, it's every game. (laughs) 
Like ha- tonight, I expect. Dallas doesn't <laughs> choke like the Chargers. Bad things that happen. That's just the, yeah. Dallas doesn't get there. The Chargers are the chokingest franchise. So new, um, new coach in, in the L.A. Chargers? For the I, L.A. Chargers? I figured that uh, Brandon Staley got off the plane and went to sit down and Sean Payton was already in his seat. Oh, yeah. Ooh. It's, uh, who do you blame? I don't know where to begin. Complacency, maybe. Um, you know what it felt like? That game felt like uh, Bedlam, where OU got the turnovers early, turned them into points, and then the offense just went to a shell. So maybe you do blame the coaching. I, I don't know. I don't know where you begin. You know, it's a chicken-egg thing. Do you blame the play calling? Do you blame the performance? Complacency, like I said, I don't know. It's just – but the difference was, unlike the Bedlam game – Jacksonville came alive. How do you lose? How in the world do you lose a football game when you lead the turnover margin plus five? Right. How in the world do you lose a game like that? Here's how you lose it. When you're up 27 to nothing, at the end of the game, you know what you don't want to see? Mm. Your offense, throw it 43 times and rush it 23 at some point, you have to look at that clock and go, I don't even care if we get another first down. Right. Surely, if we can sit here and waste three and a half minutes off the clock every time we touch the ball and play just as any semblance of defense, we'll win this game. Right. Because we can have the ball, we, we, can, we can have the ball twice a quarter just run it three times and watch the play clock dwindle down to nothing in the second half. And that only leaves Jacksonville the other half. It leaves them one quarter just to, to catch up. But instead, mm-hmm. 23 of 43, that one, the last possession ahead of the game-winning field goal, three passes and a punt. Ugh. I mean, it's just – it doesn't – Staley – has to be blamed for some of this, but so does Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert's going to be considered somewhere around that Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen category, which a lot of people assume that he will ascend to, the Joe Burrows of the world, you don't blow 27 nothing playoff leads. I, I don't care what happens. You know what you become? You become Matty Ice. Mm, okay. Yeah. You're closer to Matty Ice at the moment, Justin Herbert, than you are those really uh-huh. high-level quarterbacks that are in the NFL. You know, those guys come back from those deficits, not below them. Right. I mean, it, it just, but it just fits in with the narrative of what the Chargers organization has been and, unfortunately for them, continues to be. Do you think Sean Payton's going to be their next coach? He's going to have a lot of options and a lot of offers, I think is what's the most attractive place to be? Despite everything you've said, L.A. looks pretty attractive. I mean, would you rather go to the Chargers or Denver? Oh, the Chargers, a million right? percent. How about the Chargers or Carolina? The Chargers, a million percent. See? Because you have Justin Herbert. Right. That's why you – I mean, that's, that's an easy choice. There's uh, – of the jobs, I mean, <clears throat> no offense to the Cowboys, but would you rather coach Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott? Oh, Herbert. Herbert, hands I mean, down. When, you look at, when, when you look at the really good young quarterbacks that are out there, 
with a chance to have a new coach. He's the obvious one. It's the obvious best job in my mind. I mean, would you? I, I mean, the only one that you could even compare with Herbert and the Chargers, maybe. I mean, maybe Arizona, maybe, but not. I mean, Kyler hasn't been Justin Herbert. He hasn't. Not even. I mean, really, not even close. The difference between the Chargers and Arizona is, I think, the players are more willing to rally around Herbert. And right now you're hearing more of uh, internal uh, problems in Arizona with players in their comments, maybe off the record, but that suddenly go on record uh, about Kyler Murray. And you also have a 5'8 midget versus a 6'5". There's that, yeah. You know, cannon for an arm guy. You've You've got somebody that's in Andrew Luck and Andrew Luck only category in the first three years of, of passing yards and efficiency and all that kind of stuff. I mean, out out to one of the best starts of all time versus, yeah, a pouting video game player. It's a pretty easy choice, I think, if you're if you're Sean Payton. And, oh, by the way, we've seen things throughout, or I've, I've seen things throughout the year this year, different articles kind of pop up here and there with Sean Payton apparently – that would be his choice. If he had a choice of all the jobs, it would be the Chargers and working with Justin Herbert. Yeah. Seems pretty obvious to me. And, you know, do they get to a point, Charger-wise, where the, they, they want to give Brandon – I mean, you, I don't think you give Brandon Staley another chance. That was it. You're up 27 to nothing yeah. and on, on the road in a playoff game and you lose. Okay, uh, that's all the justification I would think you would need <laughs> to go ahead and pull that trigger on uh, on Staley. And when you got Sean Payton waiting in the wings, Charger, you know Denver, do they even have a first round pick that they could give? Or yeah, I don't how know many what, years? what kind of capital they have. Well, they get look at Seattle's draft, that, and you'll know what they don't have because all the picks they traded for for Russell Wilson last year at this time you'll figure out pretty quick that uh, Denver doesn't have it. Yeah. So how are they going to even be able to to pay for Sean Payton services draft-wise when they gave it away? Sort of uh, Sonny Weaver coming back <laughs> and getting and getting their picks back from Seattle. They, they, they don't have them. They're not going to be able to. They're really almost not even in the race as far as what – We've heard that New Orleans wants and the first a first round pick for Sean Payton is one of those things. So, I I think it pretty quickly here. I think that we'll see Brandon Staley out, Sean Payton in as head coach of the uh, of the LA Chargers, and quite frankly, rightfully so. When you blow a twenty seven point lead in a playoff game, I don't know that you have a whole bunch of of goodwill to to banter about. You just kind of clean out your office and, and move on down life's path and wait on your next opportunity and maybe uh, maybe change your algorithm for all the all the numbers that float through your head and uh, figure out a way to run the ball when you're up 27 to nothing and, and win that game. What did you think about the other games? 
Well, I mean, first off, I feel good that um, just while we're talking about Chargers in, in Jacksonville, I had a feeling that was going to be a kind of a fun game. I didn't think it'd go like that. But the way you they were, came back, I was like, man, this was kind of entertaining towards the end here. You were on, you were on track to have to take a beating. If that had... <laughs> well, I mean, when your, boy, when your boy throws four interceptions in the first half that yeah. you, you know, when we ranked those quarterbacks. But guess what? You, you could see both, right? You saw why maybe he should have been down the list, but also why Trevor Lawrence seems to be ascending up the yeah. list uh, because – What was that pressure thing I talked he about? He never blinked. Yeah. He can't, yeah, so um, that was a fun game. The Bills and Dolphins, man, I know we were – it would have been made for a, a bad AFC playoffs if the Bills have lost, but we all love a good upset every once in a while. And I'd, I'd be lying to you if I wasn't sitting back going, man, I really kind of hope that Dolphins pull this off. But um, that was a fun one. Um, going through my memory banks of how the other games went. I mean, last night's game, you get divisional foes going up against each other, and especially in the playoffs. It's almost a coin toss, almost. Romo made that point as the Dolphins were coming back against the Bills. Yeah. And talking about how much harder it is, and even in the wild card round when you have to play somebody within your own division in that, in that game as opposed to somebody else just in the conference because of the, the familiarity and how much it just – and you could see it, right? I mean, you can almost see at times defensive backs running routes for offensive guys, mm -hmm. knowing exactly uh, – uh, Collinsworth made that point last night on a play where Burrow was looking for Chase – and Marcus Williams almost took it to the house. He was just like a half-step late of taking it. And he goes – and he even said, watch him. He baits Burrow into this because he knows what's coming. And he, like, slow-played it to where he got there in time to knock it away, but not quite in time for the interception. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that that's the truth. Look at even uh, San Francisco and Seattle. Yeah. I mean, that was – that was when 41-23 does not tell the story of how competitive Seattle really was against the Niners. You know, a lot of people were talking about how great uh, Brock Purdy played and, you know, God, that throw down the, down the sideline to Jennings that ended up being a completion, he just kind of lofted it into double. I mean, if it wasn't this time in NFL football history, you know what would have been the end result of that play 10 years ago? Juwan Jennings would have been in the hospital mm. because he, you got a safety coming across. Coming across and oh, he would have just knocked his head off. Would have just obliterated the guy, mm -hmm. but because of what's happening, he almost he like couldn't decide whether to hit him or make a play on the ball. He could have just reach up and grab it, and instead it works out. And that's that was kind of the play that ignited the Niners. Um, they get that one, then Debo goes down the sideline, and next thing you know, it's it's a bit of a blowout. Uh, but once again, though, you see, you could see Seattle not scared of the Niners at by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think a big part of that is because their division. Uh, division foes. And then, man, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins played. <laughs> he played fantastic. I mean, that was what we kind of thought it would, even though I picked Minnesota. But we all circled that one like, that's the one. That's the one that's going to – the upset's going to happen. Because Minnesota's defense is so awful. Yeah. But how in the world, with the season on the line, on fourth down and eight – and you fire a three-yarder to, Tan to Tanner Haw or T.J. Hawkinson? What? What are you doing? <laughs> How do you – you've got Justin Jefferson on your team. We've already seen you just lob one up and him make a play. 
How do you do, how do you make that? It just, it was like the Kirk Cousins in the, the microcosm of Kirk Cousins was right there on display. I mean, it's hard to gripe at him when the dude goes 31 for 39, two touchdowns, no picks, 273 yards. QBR was better than Daniel Jones's at 85.2. But nobody in their right mind would think that Kirk Cousins outplayed Daniel Jones. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's the problem with Kirk Cousins, and you just you got to see it right there. It was like, come on, Kirk. Like, you're good enough to get to a certain level, but not to get over the hump. Yep. That was a good game. That was a back-and-forth one. Yeah, it was. Man, last night, what do you – how do you tell somebody on that quarterback sneak that ended up going the other way? You know, how do you you tell – those guys, they know, like, okay, it's not a two-point conversion. It's not fourth down. A lot of times the concern is more – getting it knocked loose and it being a touchback, like going out of bounds right. in, in the end zone as opposed to the longest fumble recovery touchdown ever in the NFL playoffs at 98 yards. But how, it's, it, it's just one of those things. Like it, it, Huntley shouldn't have done it. It still had plays. But at the same time, how do, how do, you, how do you tell him don't reach when you're that close. And, and here's something that, that came out of that last night that I didn't know. And if this is true, Next Gen Stats tweeted, the chip inside the football says he was .6 yards away, which two feet away from the goal line. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a chip inside the football? Then why are we marking the ball with dudes on the sideline? If there's a chip inside the football, why aren't we using that to mark things? That's absolutely first downs. That is new to me. I it was had no too, idea. Like it, it, it wasn't I even mean, until right now. I had no idea they had a chip inside the well, football. Well, that's what Next Gen Stat says on the tweet. You think like, oh shoot, that was a secret. Well, that's <laughs> I mean, because no one went. Oh, two foot. Everyone went. What? Screenshot a, that tweet. It might be deleted there's later. A chip inside the football. <laughs> is this? Why are we marking? Why are we using? people's eyes to mark things on right. the field when we could just let me see if i can find it again so it, it 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 can find where the, like forward progression stops and where the football is when that whistle blows like that's where it needs to be downed that's where it needs to be marked well, right there if it can tell you that it was two feet away from the breaking the plane of the goal line you'd sure be able to think yeah. it tell you where they're down right yeah, i don't see it anymore oh <laughs> see oh there yeah okay. here, here it comes yeah, there's people, there's a chip in the football. <laughs> We're still letting 60-year-old guys make decisions on the field in real time. Wait, there's an effing chip in the football, and you use sticks and chains to mark the – I mean, yeah, they've clearly deleted that. That's funny. But the – yeah, dang, I wish I had screenshotted it last night when I saw the chip in the football, and we're relying on 60-year-old men to spot the ball correctly, LMAO. So anyhow, apparently there's a well, chip. Well, now that cat's out of the bag, maybe we can – Get something like you know we're seeing to, uh, that pushed in the uh, in Major League Baseball with the using a robot to call balls and strikes. Maybe this is the avenue towards something like that to have a definite spot of the football because of that chip in the ball. Yeah, I mean it's always been something that's been talked about, and yeah, everybody that it, it's not replying to a tweet anymore. 
like the <laughs> all, all of the they're just out there. Wait, there's a chip of the football. Wait, there's a chip of the football. <laughs> but on that play, I mean, how do you? Gosh, it's Huntley's fault. Clearly, oh here it is, right here. I found it. How close was Tyler Huntley to crossing the plane with the football? Question mark. According to the chip in the football, the closest the ball got to the end zone was .6 yards from the goal line. And that did not have the desired effect from next-gen stats that they thought it would. Oh, man, that was close. No, no. no. Chip in the ball? What? <laughs> but how do you, I mean, if you're him, you're in the moment, you're, I yep. mean, you're, you're trying two to feet be, away. Yep. And so it's, it's so hard, of course, then, golly, see what J.K. Dobbins said? Oh, he said if – Give me the La- ball. What are we doing? Oh, oh, I thought he said if we had Lamar, we win. Well, he said that too. He did. You know. But he also said, what are we doing? That's my ball. Give me the ball and I score. Which, if that does happen, the game obviously changed on that play. There's no doubt about it. And you can't tell what's going to happen afterwards because instead of Cincinnati down seven, they have a seven-point lead. And so how do they run their offense the rest of the game and all that? But – I mean, after the first little bit there, boy, it sure felt like the Ravens had the better of it. They really had a, they had answers for what Cincinnati mm-hmm. was doing offensively after, you know, the first quarter, basically. And yep. it, it just it, it felt like one of those Ravens games. It was a short one. It, you know, the game was shortened because they were running the ball, getting first down, playing great defense. It, it Felt like, oh my gosh, the Ravens are going to go into Cincinnati and beat them with their backup quarterback until that play. And then even then, it was like, can they ever get back? Can they ever? And then they just couldn't quite. Right. Get there. Yeah. You know, get all the way there. Um, And I think that's really kind of the story of the first round of the playoffs. It felt like one of those Thursday or Fridays in the NCAA tournament yeah. where, 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 the, where the, the 14 seed is leading the three with four, four points with three minutes to go, and they fold. And, and the, but you kind of knew in the back of your mind. Yeah, you know. You, you know they're not going to lose. The Bills are going to win this. That's right. You know. And, so, and, and here's the thing about that, though. Yes, we didn't get to see the upsets that maybe people wanted right now. But in my mind, just like the NCAA tournament, it's better in the long run. Because what inevitably happens to VCU or Illinois Chicago or whoever as they get further down, eventually they take a butt whooping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would have happened next next week's AFC games especially. (laughs) We're going to be so awful. Or, Or TCU. Or, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, in, see, in I way, know what you're saying. You want the best matchup in the Super Bowl, well, or just right? well, but we were so excited about seeing these AFC playoffs, and if after one round we end up with Baltimore or, or Miami and Kansas City and Baltimore playing, or what would it have even been? Miami would play Kansas City, and then Baltimore. Against the Jags? Really? <laughs> Does anybody want any part of that? Or even next week, if the Bills won. Still, Baltimore and Kansas City and Jags, Bills? No. 
No. It doesn't excite you too much. No, it doesn't. And uh, quite honestly, the Jags was cool, and it was a heck of a comeback, and, and Lawrence was awesome. But I wanted to see Chargers Chiefs. Dakota doesn't, clearly. Thank God the Chargers are out. I wanted to see that game because it's been great games every time mm-hmm. Herbert and Mahomes have started. It's been great games. And obviously, Cincinnati-Buffalo, I mean, the emotion that's going to be in that stadium on, su- on Sunday afternoon, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a scene that, I, gosh, you haven't seen much of. Because with what happened a few weeks ago with those two teams just happened to be playing, Tamar Hamlin will be there. You can guarantee oh, that. Yeah. You can guarantee that. That's going to be and always the threat of just a ridiculous weather event at Buffalo this time of year. I mean, that's, that's very exciting uh, that, the, that we're going to get to see that. Game. I mean, if we have chances here next weekend, what's it going to be like? Yeah, it, may not be, it may not be there yet, unfortunately. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it, but it's going to be – what I'm saying is those games are so much more exciting than what the upsets would have brought us. Right. So I, I'm glad they were close. Maybe that was the best, the, yeah. the best result. Close, entertaining games for them. I mean, everybody but – what Seattle and and San Francisco and and that was and that was a three-quarter game exactly so when that's your worst one of the weekend a a three-quarter game between two division opponents that just kind of slips away at the end from Seattle NFL I mean they have they have the formula and the way the league is run with the parity that it generates Mm -hmm. it, it is just an amazing train that just simply can't be derailed you know what I mean it just doesn't ever get derailed no and uh, next week, of course, tonight. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. We can talk about tonight and then look back at Friday in the uh, high school hoops realm. Some other interesting things over the weekend. Are the Thunder going to make the playoffs? Hey, they're playing great. They're playing great. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Skinny on sports, hanging out at Sarah National. Got a deal for you again this week. Right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Channel. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The Sports Bar at Sarah National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sarah National. Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sport. Yeah! Coming on, yeah! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Shoot us a text, 225-9698. Anything we're talking about, anything that's on your mind within the world of sports, fire away, 225-9698. Sarah National. Here today, there's, I'm telling you, there's going to be a bunch of people out <clears throat> playing golf. 65, 66 degrees, not much wind to speak of this afternoon. Get you around to golf in. You know, it would be a perfect day, Jared. You know what the perfect day would be? What's up? Get your work done. Or if you don't have to work, that's, you know, that's people too. <clears throat> Get out here about 1.30 when it really warms up. That'll give you time to play 18 holes of golf before it gets dark. Come in, collect your money from your buddies that you won on the bet on the bets that you made out on the course. 
And with that money, hang out. A couple of uh, cold beverages later, and the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the screen right here. The big, Boom. giant, 75-inch TV screen that overlooks the bar right here in the, the uh, Sarah National Clubhouse. And with some of that money that you win off your buddies, 10% off all Callaway wedges, golf balls, or Odyssey putters. If you say you heard it on the Skinny on Sports. Last week, last week it was $100 off a driver, and I know there was at least one person that took advantage and of it, and that. And it sold, yeah. So 10% off all Callaway wedges, golf balls, and Odyssey putters if you say you heard it on the Skinny on Sports. And I'm seeing some new merch in here. There like is. These, these golf bags over here. There's some sweet golf one bags. One of them caught my eye. I like that Callaway one on the far right. A little red, white, and blue action going on it's it. It's got an I, American flag on yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> See some putters, too. There's hats. Odyssey putters. Golf balls. Yeah. Get you set up. And also just, I know this off of their Facebook page. If they don't have it, they can order it for you. That's right. So, you can do that. Also, coming up on Wednesday... Let's welcome uh, Tucker Family Beef to the show. Local beef. Can't beat Local, that. Local, Sunny Point, Oklahoma. If you don't know where that is, you're probably amongst the 99% of Western Oklahomans and not knowing exactly where Sunny Point <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, it's on the way to Sweetwater. Uh, Monty Tucker, Tucker Family Beef. They'll, they're uh, on the show now. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, what's your biggest beef every Wednesday What's your biggest beef in sports? What has bugged you? What what are you what do you what's what's what your bugged beef? bugged you in the week prior, the or, week prior. or something lo- recent or something that's always been bugging you? You just need to get it off your chest. That's right. Yeah. So uh, welcome to Monty and Tucker Family Beef uh, on the show, and uh, we'll we'll get everybody's sporting beefs out there each and every Wednesday morning. Mentioned that we have the Cowboys and the Bucks this evening. Cowboys and Bucks, the last wild card winner will go to San Francisco. Doesn't matter which team it is, because of the Giants beating Minnesota. After what you saw this weekend, does it change your opinion on, on what you might see tonight? No, it actually emboldens it. It actually, I actually stand a little bit more confident. I, I picked Tampa Bay, and I, I. Feel more confident that's going to happen. Why? Uh, they're at home. I and I've been so down on Dak. Um, it's not even funny. I don't see any drastic changes in one week. So, and I just think when it comes playoff time, it's it's so hard for me to go against Tom Brady. It just I know everything around him. They the statistically they have not been good, but you know like Jacksonville is a good example. They're at home. It was at night under the lights. Even though they got down. They clawed their way back, got the win. I know it's a young quarterback, upstart quarterback and everything. It just kind of has that same feeling for me in Tampa Bay. I can see him getting down, and then I can see Tom Brady bringing him back, leading that game-winning drive to kick the game-winning field goal or something to that effect. So, oddly enough, I feel a little bit more confident that's going to happen. How about you? I've said it from them. We've got a promo running. If Dallas can't win this game at Tampa Bay against that Bucks team, Dallas isn't any good anyways. That it just this is a game that Dallas has to win if they're any good whatsoever. And then we can talk tomorrow depending on the result, but what what are the question marks coming out of this game if Dallas isn't able to do it? Do I mean you I mean 
do you think it's a possibility? A new coach, I think, would be I – mean, nobody would be shocked at that. But do you think a new quarterback could start to be the rumblings and, and, and try to figure that out? Oh, maybe. Um, depending what the market looks like. You know what I mean? Who do you want? Because it's not really – Jerry likes to find a guy that's going to be with them. You know, he found Troy Aikman, and he was there for how many years? And, and you know, eventually got to Romo, um, you know, had some quarterbacks in between. But I think Jerry is more comfortable in finding a guy and, and staying with him for – so he could probably look at it and go, okay, Dak had a bad year, but I'm not – one bad year isn't going to – or not, he's had a couple bad years, but it's not going to – I'm not going to throw him away. But I go back to the market, you know, draft-wise, depending on where they're at in the draft, I don't think they're going to find anybody at that point. How about free agency? Or are you willing to trade for somebody? Who can you go get? I mean, shoot, Brock Purdy? I don't know. Do you think he would pull the trigger? And There's no way you can get Brock Purdy. Can't trade away for him? <laughs> Why in the hell is San Francisco going to trade him for Dak Prescott? Yeah, because you're paying Dak forty million. You're paying Brock, Brock Purdy forty bucks. Okay, but do you think he makes a? Okay, that aside, does, well, they, does, they, he, does he go away aside. from Dak? Does it? Does he go no. away from Dak? No. Okay, because that would have to. Because at that point, same reason he never went away from Zeke. See, my point is, could, could have he, to, up, he yeah. would have to admit he was wrong. And Jerry Jones doesn't admit he's wrong. Right. How many times do we see this? See, he wants to he he wants to show you how smart he is because he took Dak in the third or fifth round or whatever it was when everybody else passed on him all those times. By the way, Dallas did too each time. They didn't draft him in the, in that, that year in those rounds. But then once he gets a player of that caliber that low, he wants to make sure you know how how right he was, even if that turns into being wrong. What draft was that? Was he almost? It was the same year they drafted Zeke. Both those guys were drafted in the same draft after the 2014 season. What year was it when he had Manziel's card in his hand? No, that was they drafted Zach Martin that year. Okay. 2012. The draft was in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Now that, I don't remember. It was in AT&T Stadium. I don't remember and if that's I, the case or not. I think I'm in then. There's the the legend that the old lore, the old the old story that he had Manziel's card in his hand. I can't remember what year that was. If that was close to the Dak year or was it after? It was way it before. Was, it was way before. Yeah. Manziel was out in what twenty thirteen or fourteen. Dak started in twenty sixteen. Three That's or four right. years before. That's right. Yeah, I don't believe that for one second. That that really happens. I think that's just a cool that's, story. I, apparently I think, his son took it out. It's like, no, Dad, I we're think, not going to allow this. Like, I think this sounds a little bit. That's the equivalent of, give me the keys, Dad. <laughs> I think this is sounding a little bit too much like what we see from the, uh, the White House in that a bunch of cool stories happen afterwards that didn't really happen. That's what I'm thinking is okay. going on there. <laughs> Jerry may be down the road of, uh, of fibbing to us a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, here's, I have the utmost confidence that Jerry Jones will find a way to screw it up and make it worse. It's hard not to agree with that take. Because, but, it, but it starts well. 
it, it seems like, you know, mentioned the drafting, and it really started with that draft you're, you're referencing mm-hmm. when Dallas was smart enough to take a guard from Notre Dame instead of Johnny Manziel. I mean, the, the, the Romo riding was starting to be on the wall. You could see that he wasn't going to be around forever. He's getting a little bit older at that point. And you, you draft his replacement. Thank goodness that's not what happened. And instead, you drafted a guy in Zach Martin that's been either a first or second team all pro literally his, his entire career. I mean, he, when you look back at Zach Martin's career, nobody's going to accuse him of being the best player ever for Dallas. But when you see his accolades, he's certainly on that short list. Right. So, I mean, that's, that, that's something that, that has turned around. But the problem with Jerry, and it, Jim, if he was on here, he would be saying the exact same thing because he said it tons of times, and he's exactly right. And especially in the NFL, when the, when the money gets tight when you pay a quarterback, loyalty in sports is awful. Oh, yeah. And he's loyal to a fault at some of these guys that they have drafted. And I think a big part of that loyalty is the arrogance that he, the, the, the narcissism that Jerry displays, wanting everybody around the league to see him pay in his draft pick big money, whether or not it's deserved or not. And that, to me, is where the Cowboys have really kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit roster wise. It's not the drafting. The drafting has been fantastic for a decade now. Mm-hmm. They, they have drafted really good players. But it's in the keeping the right ones for the amount, the amount of money you're going to have to pay them. Yeah, the overpaying. That's yeah. where it happens. And, and, even the be, and even the ones you need to pay, you just said the word, overpay. You don't have, you don't have to double the market for a guy when nobody else is. You're, not, you're bidding against yourself, man. And the money matters so much when you get down to those last few spots and it's people that, that build depth and, and end up making a difference. And it's a good thing they have been good at drafting because otherwise it'd look a little bit more like what the Rams are, Rams are doing now as opposed to yeah. you know, at least this season, as opposed to what they've been able to do, can stay in the playoff hunt. You know, starting, we're not talking about golly, they haven't, made the playoffs in this amount of years. I haven't won a playoff game. I and mean, they've, they've won a couple in the, in the you know, Prescott's won one, I guess, here. But they've, uh, tonight is a huge game for him, for Dak. They have to win this game. They absolutely have to. Or there's going to be a bunch of questions start to pop up down there in Dallas surrounding what uh, the future of that franchise is and what it's going to be. I think he'll get it done. Not because I think the Cowboys are great, not because I think Dak is great. I just don't think the Bucks are any good. If it, I mean, I kid you not. If it was any other quarterback in the league quarterbacking the Bucks with what's there, are you really picking them to beat Dallas? No, no. That's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, <clears throat> at some point that deal is over. And, and and Brady has not been good, but you're right. The one thing he had, that one thing he has done throughout this season that reminds you of Tom Brady is those last second wins that they've had two or three of. They beat the Rams at the end. Who who else was it that right at the? They had no business winning that game. Saints when the Saints run out of bounds and don't get the first down instead of winning the game, and he brings them back to win. 
There's no doubt that there would be it'll be nail biting time if you look up in the fourth quarter and, and the Cowboys are in a close game. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I may just turn off the TV and wake up <laughs> wake up tomorrow morning because I know what's going to end up happening. Yeah, a soul crushing turnover by Dak that leads to a soul crushing drive by Brady to knock the Cowboys out of the playoffs. Look here, Jared. Now you've got me talking about it happening. It just is it going to shock you? That's all I'm saying. Is it going to shock you if Tom Brady somehow finds a way to win this game? If it's a close game. In a very Tom Brady way. If it's a close game, no. But I just don't think this should be that close a game. And I don't. Dallas shouldn't be in the position to get Tom Brady tonight. They're better than the Bucs. They just are. Right. They have been all season. Tampa's 8 and 9, man. There's gonna, what's going to happen is they're, they're going to be down two or three or one, Tampa Bay that is, and they're going to go on that drive I talked about, and then there's going to be some questionable roughing the passer <laughs> because it's Tom friggin' Brady. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Oh, whoa, uh, we can't do that. That's that, Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. You can't let that – you can't get Bradyed. you got to win the game and not put yourself in the position to get Bradyed. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some high school hoops for Friday. Look ahead to what's coming up uh, this week. Huge week for Class A and Class B teams as the final chance to make their mark ahead of the, the uh, rankings next Monday, getting locked in, and then we'll see some uh, pairings for playoffs that Friday, uh, week for Friday. Skinny on Sports hanging out at Sarah National. Coming back at you right here on the Sports Team. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sarah National. Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal, hanging out here at Sayre National, wrapping it up on a Monday. I mentioned, come by, 10% off. Oh, bags too. 10% off Callaway wedges, golf balls, Odyssey putters, and these golf bags. If oh. you mentioned that you heard it on the Skinny on Sports. I heard it on the Skinny on Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Chrome Soft. See the Chrome Soft golf balls over there? 10% off a dozen. There you go. You feel like you need those bright ones when the grass is a uh, little, little, uh, little yellow. You no. know what I mean? You just stick with the white ones? Yes. You know why, Jerry? What about those soccer ball-looking ones? No. You want to know why? <laughs> why? Because this isn't putt-putt. This is golf. <laughs> this is real listen, golf. Listen, some golfers with poor eyesight who might be getting up there in age, they need to see those bright ones. Maybe so. You know, what's the, as long as it's not – you can see those, like those yellow ones that we're looking at. Uh-huh. But I'd say what gets hard to find is some, those orange ones. Well, some people need chips and golf balls so they can go find them. Well, hey, <laughs> I'm for that. Who cares about the color? <laughs> just get an app. I would rather it be white. Uh, it's just it's traditional, I guess. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm too much of a traditionalist with the white golf balls. and not Because you know, some of those kind of hurt your eyes when they got that matte finished look. Mm-hmm. And you see it flying in the air. It kind of 
messes with your mind. And I can think of some of those that are kind of the orange mat. It's yeah. kind of, whoa, kind of hurts my eyes a little bit trying to follow that thing. And then you don't want to be that guy that doesn't pay attention to your playing partner's shots to be able to help him go find it off an errant tee shot, you know? True. But 10% off of that, but that, if that doesn't mean it's not your cup of tea, you can't buy them. They're right here, ready to roll. Yeah. Uh, with those uh, with the Callaway equipment, ten percent off. Just tell them you heard it on the Skitty on Sports as you come out to play uh, this afternoon at Sayre. I'm surprised we haven't seen anybody pull up yet. It's just going to be gorgeous today. It is absolutely gorgeous. Good uh, good day. Last Friday night, high school hoops. The big game around the state was the Hammond Lady Warriors headed up to Sealing to the Ward Center against the Lady Cats of Sealing, number two in Class B versus number one in Class A. Man, Sealing put it on Hammond. Uh, 27-10 at halftime. They went 56-35. to So Hammond unable to pull off the back-to-back wins in a week or so. Yeah, twice in a week beating number one in Class B, Lomega. They couldn't pull off the uh, win over Class A, number one Sealing. To me, it says more about Sealing than it does about Hammond. And that is, I know, I know Caddo's sitting there at 15-0, Van Oss 17-0, whatever else. But somebody is going to have to take the gold ball out of Sealing's hands when we get there in Class A girls. Yeah, it it almost feels like after that, it's like this is if you're you know in Class A, this is Sealing's world. We're just living in it. Um, I'm anxious to see down the road. You know that we've seen the Sealing Riverside matchup. We saw how that, how that turned out, and we've seen that a lot in the past where you get a rematch in playoffs or even in state, and the story is completely different. It's a tighter game. It's a better game. Um, I'm anxious to see, is Caddo for real? I'm anxious to see that. They, they appear to have a lot of athletes. Obviously, they just, you know, winning that state title in softball. Young lady going to go play some <clears throat> softball in Norman, and that's big time. And I'm anxious to see, can they go up? You know, when you get to that, if that matchup happens, and if, you know, and if it happens in the big house, that's where you're going to have to knock them off. Mm-hmm. Because Sealing's going to go there and go, this is our home. We get here every year. We're used to being in this building. They won five of seven. And Caddo's going to go in there and going, wow, look at this building. This is fun. Oh, we play who next? Mm-hmm. So those are the two teams, Sealing and Caddo. You know, and who else? You know, could, could there be challengers? You know, I mentioned the Riverside thing. I mean, I'm telling you, when you, you see that a lot, you'll see a blowout in, in a regular season or in a regular season tournament, and then when they rematch, all of a sudden, the, I won't say the script is flipped, but it's like, okay, we know what they're about. We can adjust to this. We're a good team. You might get yourself a good ball game. Yeah, I mean, you saw it in 4A football. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. It, we start looking at not only who you played, but who have you beaten. It's one thing to play a bunch of tough teams. It's another to actually beat some of these good teams. Mm-hmm. Look at Caddo's schedule. They played good teams, and they beat them all. Class, uh, defending Class B state champion Pittsburgh. Knocked them off in the finals of the Savannah tournament. Won the birth of Frank Teague with wins over Carl Albert, 5A number two. Tuttle, the 4A number three. And Bethel, 3A number three. So th- they've not only played these good teams... They beat these good teams and, and bigger teams as well. So that's the one thing that kind of in the back of my mind thinking, okay, yes, it's Ceiling's gym is the big house. 
And yes, they've had as much success as anybody over the last decade inside that building. But Caddo's had some real success too, at least this season, against really good teams. Who do you think, can our, let's say Arapahoe Butler girls-wise wins the West Central. Do you think they can sneak up one spot into the top eight? I do. You look at their schedule. I they do. They have beaten good teams as well. Um, Mountain View Godibo, they just ripped them apart the other night. It was Class B number 15. They lost to Ampo, but they beat uh, Class B top 10 team in, in Lakeba Sickles. They've beaten Canute a couple of times. That, that is ranked just behind them in the top 15 of Class A. Leedy's a top 15 team in Class B. Arnett, uh, they knocked them off, which is number eight in Class A uh, in Class B, I mean. So, I mean, Arapahoe Butler's got some wins, not just some some games. You know, Kudut's got some wins, not just games. You know, can they possibly jump from 11 into the top eight if they were able to win? You know, it's a big and, jump. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you see the team, the, the team that jumped up over everybody after losing every game in the birth of Frank Teague is Frontier. Frontier's played teams, but they haven't really beat them. You Sometimes know? that name carries, right? I mean, you That's, think Frontier, you no think doubt. of basketball. That's right. And, you know, sure, you've had the opportunity to beat Pittsburgh. Well, guess what? Caddo did, you didn't. You know, and, and you know, Rappo Butler's had the chance to win some ranked, ranked games. They've won them. Whereas it seems like Frontier hasn't. In, in basketball and small school basketball, what we're talking about here, is there such thing as quality losses? Well, they're getting credit for five of them. But, okay, that's fine. That's all well and good. Look who Rappos lost to. Class B number two twice in Hammond. And Class 2A number three Ampo. Just as good a losses as what Frontier's got. I mean, but they've got the wins yeah. to supplement it. That's the difference here. Canoe girls, same way. Four of their losses come to two sure. really good teams. That's Arapahoe right. and, and Merritt. And, but they've also beaten Merritt. The only team to have done such. That's, that's a good point. This tournament, this West Central, keep an eye on Hydro Eakley, too. They're 12-4. and four. Right. You know, they lost to Canute. Just looking at it, Lakeba Sickles at the time, top 10 in Class B, and a couple of good 2A teams in Minko and Walters. So those are quality losses, and they're in this tournament. And so there's, yeah, there's three teams here that can, if they can make a run, and uh, play for a championship on Saturday and win it, that could have an argument to, yeah, to see, uh, rank a little higher than what they are. Hydro Weekly is similar to Frontier in that they played the teams, but they haven't got the, the real signature wins yet mm -hmm. this year, which could come this week. Um, and, and so that's where, man, it's, it's – I, I know we want to look at, man, they played a tough schedule. They played a really hard schedule. And, yeah, they've got some losses because they played such a tough schedule. Well, at some point, you got to win some of those games. You can't just keep on getting credit for losing. Right. Just because you scheduled somebody. I mean, at some point, beat somebody. And that's where I think Canute and, and, and Arapahoe on the girls' side have an advantage there because not only have they scheduled these tough games, they've actually won some of them against some really good teams. Whereas maybe some others that are around them in these rankings haven't. But, yeah, you're right. That, that name carries. There's no doubt when you, when you hear Frontier, that name certainly does carry some weight. Uh, looking in the boys' side, 
uh, you know, Rapo at 14, gosh, I, th- I just think they're too far down. I-, I think they're too far back. There's too many teams in between them for one really good week to separate them up into that top eight. Really needed to win that game last Friday night against, Cal- against Calumet. Class yep. B's number seven. Uh, Calumet at now 16-1, and 15-1 and one going into that one. You know, that's a game that they really needed to get underneath their belt heading into the West Central and probably another shot at Calumet, maybe down the line at some point. So I, I'm afraid that that Coach Rogers' team is probably just a little bit too far away to make that one, you know, make that jump in one week. Uh, but they'll still be uh, a force to be reckoned with, no matter where they end up in the in the playoff bracket. I know we're out of time, but we need to talk about this the situation that happened at Merritt on Friday. Which, if you're not aware, uh, refs canceled it was too late to find replacement refs they had to cancel the games with Leedy coming to town and I'm afraid that that's might be a reoccurring trend unless something changes yeah I wonder what happened did, did somebody get sick did one of them get yeah, sick I don't know the full story but the point is you don't you, there wasn't there's you just can't find anybody yeah there's, there's no there's you, no backup you, there's no backup it's these guys are nobody in 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 their defense it could be a something you know family emergencies a sickness I get that that happens we all called in to work sick yeah I get it but what the, what I'm talking about here is there was nothing to fall back on yeah and that's what we're facing right now in the state of Oklahoma is a shortage of refs and that's a topic we need to discuss. All right, we'll do it tomorrow. Yep. Thanks to everybody here at Sarah National. Come out and play golf. It's going to be beautiful this afternoon. Sarah National. Get you some Callaway stuff, 10% off, mentioned in the Skinny on Sports, and then watch the Cowboys probably blow it against the Bucks. <laughs> yes. Here tonight in the sports bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh boy. I'm not going to want to look at my phone tonight if that goes wrong. All right, everybody have a great Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back in studio tomorrow at Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Channel. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.